This podcast is sponsored by Vivian Health, a marketplace that serves healthcare professionals first. Are you a travel nurse or interested in travel nursing? Vivian Health is our go-to for finding our travel assignments, and as a plus, they also have staff jobs. Their app shows all of the travel positions across the country with different agencies and shows you the weekly pay rates, letting you choose the best option for yourself. Create a profile, browse jobs, and chat with recruiters all on your own terms. Head to the link in our bio to download the Vivian Health app today. You know when you're working the night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, yeah. are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. No, <laughs> we are not prepared. Um, uh, Hi, Hello. everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to Hannah that just got out of bed. Um, for reference, it's 4.39 p.m. for her. She's not, yeah. not well. Your girl, your girl went out and, and it's the end for me, you know? Just can't hang, but... What did you drink? Yeah, I think that's... It's the switching, because I... I drank white wine at the party. So my I was at it was like a wedding reception. It wasn't like a true wedding. It was just kind of like in the back of a little restaurant. My friends had gotten married in uh, a courthouse back in November. So yeah, we finally got to celebrate them and I just yeah, I drank a ton of white wine and then we went to breweries. So then I'm drinking like hazy IPAs, mm. which is like I you know that it's a terrible idea. You know it's yeah, a terrible that's idea. Not- <laughs> it's just but, not gonna go but i was like i don't care you know because in the moment you're not thinking about the consequences no you don't because i mean i love a hazy ipa i love like trying different beers and you're just like yeah sounds delicious and then you really pay for it the next day yeah like i like to have like one or um, two hazies but not like something to get like drunk on but yeah oh yeah you know oh i used yeah. to like when in my yeah. mid early twenties, like I feel like I could drink, like I mainly drink beer, and now I'm like, oh my god, I love beer. I think it's delicious, but I can only do a couple. I like my favorite thing to do is just get like a yeah. flight, so I can have a little yeah, sip of each one that I want to try. That's so much fun instead of get like. I know. I, I did them. one time. I came to see my cousins when they lived in Fort Collins. And we did like all the breweries in one day and we did flight after flight after flight. And we were like in our young 20s and that was just what we did. Yeah, you're fucked up. But it's so fun. I've done that. Like a little Fort Collins bar hop or brewery hop is It's a fun town. It's cute. Honestly, it is a really fun town. Yeah. Yeah. Fort Collins is super cute. (sighs) Yeah, so going on over there yeah i've just been it's raining Mm -hmm. it's just been constantly raining in denver like it never rains this much everything's flooding god yeah like the 
we live right next to the river and we're technically in a floodplain and now I understand why. But oh, shit. we're along the bike path the way it goes like underneath the road, like uh, under the bridge and to the other side. Um, that's flooded. Like that's what I like under the bridge where it goes yeah. like right down next to the water is oh my God. Yeah, fully flooded. Um, that's like what I would ride my bike to get to work on. Um, so Dang. that's fun. And then like the lower parts of the parks, you know, along the river are all flooded. So wow, that freaking it's just sucks. nonstop. Rafting is oh going to be God, wild. I'm scared. <laughs> it might not be like as bad. I feel like there's a middle ground. Like you don't want it to be too low, obviously. But then I think if it's high enough, like it's going over all of the rocks more so it's not making as much okay. of like a you know current or whatever not current like but rough you know, like water know, or rapid or like i don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i that's okay. what i've heard so i don't know we'll see oh boy i think it's gonna be it'll be fun regardless yeah. hopefully we don't die but... oh yeah and hopefully it's not crossed. rainy at the end of june you know it's been raining like like I said, constantly in Denver, but I looked at the weather in the mountains, like where I'm getting married, and it hasn't okay. shown rain in the forecast. So it's fingers fine. crossed. Everything's super lush and green. That's beautiful. And I love it. Yeah. My friend was saying that he went, he was chatting with some people that had gone to a wedding at the venue like a couple weeks ago, and they were oh just raving gosh. about how much fun and like how beautiful it was. I'm so excited. It's yay. Awesome. Yay. That makes me feel so much better. Can't wait. Um, So yeah, it's like very soon. So yeah, 20 days. I think it's already happened at the time that we're going to release this episode. Really? Oh, oh shit. Uh Yeah. So Emily's married. (laughs) I'm married. (laughs) But we're wow. recording this. The wedding is so <laughs> we're great. We're recording this on uh, June 4th. So, yeah. So. Oh, funny. That is, yeah, it's going to come That's out. That's crazy. You're right. I think the week after. Well, we'll do a whole episode so. uh, letting you guys know how it was and everything. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's full so on summer here in Pittsburgh now. It's like, and we don't have air conditioning. So I'm just like, oh my God. It's really hot. Dying. It's really oh hot my here. God. Like 90. I want it to be like hot. Yeah, I like it, but I was like cold when we walked outside. Sweating. And I'm, it's been difficult to get my steps yeah. in today. I'm like going on walks when it stops raining. Do you want to know how many steps I have? I would love to. Do you want to guess? Five. <laughs> like 400. <laughs> 298. <laughs> okay. I'm doing well. <laughs> so this day, you're just not going to get your steps today, and that's okay. I might try to go to the gym after this. Because I feel like once I finally get oh my there, God. I could do like a light. It's an yeah. arm day, too. Leg day, and there's yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah. Absolutely not. Leg day hungover is a oh terrible gosh, idea. That would make me pass I've out. I've tried it before, and I've been like, I was like so nauseous. Like, what am I doing? No. No. Yeah. But I might try to do just a no. little light. Like I, we'll see if it's still open. I feel like they have weird hours on Sundays, but, and if they're closed, oh, well, I guess. 
Well, <laughs> yep. Wasn't meant to be. I'll go back to watching the ultimatum. It's fine. Yeah. So today uh, we have Maggie back, the host of Nursing Uncharted, and we're going to talk all about being a new mom and going back to work and that whole transition and how like work-life balance and everything with that. So we're really excited to have her back yes, on today. She was such a good guest last time and we just had so much left to talk about. So we're so excited to chat with her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy, guys. Hi, welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me. We're so happy. We're so excited. We just couldn't fit it all in the last episode. I was like, no, we need to just have a dedicated episode to this. I love it. And I I'm 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 excited to start. I feel like I I'm relaxed, I'm laid back. How's your voice? Oh, yeah. so much better oh my god i'm so you guys did a great job editing by the way i'm so sorry i don't Emily know what my one. voice what was happening oh, i was no. like coughing through the whole thing and nobody would know because you guys did great editing <laughs> well thanks it wasn't that bad um, okay good it was just like funny more so you're like yeah oh i could see like where the the sound the audio was just like it's flat like, and i was like, like okay muting myself yeah so i can like, like, cough like okay no, there's hands. a cough there like <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah yeah Yeah. tricks it's like i don't know why like i have my own podcast i should be able to like hold my i don't know what my voice was just not having it that day i was like just trying to get through a story or something and couldn't yeah it's because like you said like you're used to more like interviewing your guests Mm -hmm. and then you were talking a lot more probably yeah so you probably (laughs) just got real dry yeah i don't normally talk this much so yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even Uh, just now we were like reading through questions and stuff that we had written. Uh, Well, when I say we, we, (laughs) we were like, let's see which some, we added some from chat GPT. We're like, what, let's see what it comes up with. Yeah. Um, And I was reading them and I could feel my voice like, just like, oh, getting a little tickle. Like (laughs) it wasn't even that long, but I don't know. I guess it's going to be Emily this time. Let's hope not. Someone's got to carry this podcast and it's not going to be me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hannah's feeling a little under the weather. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she is. Just just a bit. But it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to talk to you both. So, okay. So today's podcast topic we're going to talk about about being a new mom returning back to work um work-life balance all of those kinds of things so mm-hmm. can you remind like our listeners if they didn't listen to your last episode like when did you have your baby and when did you go back to work and everything like that yeah i had my baby november 16th she was very punctual she was supposed to be november 17th and just came like just a day early which is apparently really hard for first time like normally they you know, I thought I was going to be like 40 plus, yeah. 41. She was like, oh, no, that eviction date is tomorrow. I got to <laughs> leave her. Got to get out. Yeah, I got to get out. But um, yeah, I had her um, November 16th. So she's six months now. Okay. And I went back to work at 20 weeks, actually. So, um, okay, which I mean, is, is long for the U.S. Yeah. A lot of times people like I have friends that only had 
six weeks of maternity leave. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine. It's like my heart goes out to anybody that has like such, you know, short amount of time to like figure their stuff out. You're still like bleeding at that yeah. point. <laughs> you know, like you're still, Ugh. I don't think I stopped until like, I was like two months plus in, oh like you're God. still recovering. Yeah. But I got 20 weeks, um, really because I, I was like figuring out, um, I looked into my hospital's policies and, and was figuring out exactly what was available to me. And I talked to my manager and HR and, um, you know, essentially I figured out that paid my paid parental leave I could use at any point in the first six months of her birth. Um, but then you also have these two other things you have FMLA, um, which is job specific, but essentially if you like work for a hospital, you probably have access to FMLA. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's 12 weeks of job unpaid job protected time that starts like immediately after birth. So, um, you know, I think you have to, you have to work there for like a year and they have to have more than 50 employees, but, um, you know, you have job, job protected time. And also in that, in the first like few weeks you have, um, short-term disability to like actually recover. Mm -hmm. So I, what I did is I went, um, you know, I did my short-term disability and FMLA until, you know, my FMLA ran out. And so I had like six weeks of unpaid time after my short-term disability, but then I started my paid parental leave, which was like 100% pay for eight weeks, which is what my nice. job allotted me. So I got 20 weeks. And I would recommend that to anybody if it makes sense financially, you know, mm-hmm. to take some unpaid time because I felt so refreshed. I felt ready to go back. You know, like yeah. I... I didn't actually – I didn't know if I was going to come back full-time. I didn't know mm-hmm. if I was going to come back at all. Like, I yeah. I was I was in maternity leave just having a ball. In mom with, mode. Just in <laughs> mom mode, yeah, and just, like, being with my baby. And, yeah. like, I was, like, looking at her finances. I was, like, can we afford for me to, like, not go back to work? <laughs> that was a no. That was a hard no. <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, here I am, but <laughs> and I and I went back full time, and okay. I thought about like doing per diem or part time too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, I I didn't even like look at those options super carefully because I just decided to. We thought that we could figure it out to go back full time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I felt what does your ready to go back. Husband, do he works remote? He works in okay. marketing. Okay. Um, he's got a couple jobs. We um, actually between the two of us, we have like five methods of income. We have like well, we both have like I have my podcast. He has a marketing business, um, and his W two. He works nine to five as well, remote. Um, and then we have uh, rental. We have like oh, a nice. one bedroom apartment above our garage that we rent to travelers. This cool, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's so, um, but yeah, I felt like I was ready. It was like highly anticipated coming back to work and I mm-hmm. wouldn't be lying if I like told you I wasn't stressed about it. Like I, I definitely was nervous. Like, you know, am I going to remember everything? You know, like I work in the ICU. I mean, people are really sick and am I just going to like jump into somebody on four pressers and you know, <laughs> like what's about to happen. But honestly, 
it was not bad. Like the first, I mean, I've been a nurse for nine years and I, it just, you know, it, it did come back like very quickly. I think the first day I was, I had a very tame admission. It was like a lady with a UTI that had like a whiff of sepsis and was like coming to the ICU and like I was like okay let's you know I was really nervous that everybody helped me I had three or four people in my room like helping me with me at my admission and then the next night I felt like I never left it was yeah like I it's like ran right back into it (laughs) it honestly was and I was surprised I I totally thought it was gonna be because I'm I still get all the emails from those 20 weeks so I'm like oh here's a new policy but you know (laughs) I'm not gonna know how to work this new machine and yeah, or a but bunch I mean, of new faces on the unit. Like, yeah, who are these people? <laughs> right? Oh, I can't imagine yeah. like doing maternity leave like right before July, and like all the interns and residents have shifted, oh or yeah. like, you know, like nursing yeah. student. Well, I guess July there, but yeah, no, I'm <laughs> sure that is weird too. I definitely forgot people's fate like names. Yeah, I like I saw an attending at Costco in the middle of my maternity leave, leave, and I was like, "Oh my god, I hope she doesn't sit like say hi to me. I don't remember her name." I was like trying to remember it. Yeah. Like, oh god, I'm so bad with names. Yeah, it's yeah. Tough. Um, two a couple questions there. Mm. Did your husband take off like the same amount of time? Like, what did he end up doing? He had. He actually had eight weeks, which paternity leave, I feel like, is so variable. Some people get none. Mm -hmm. Some people get, like, four weeks. Some people, like, I oh, he had six. I think he had six weeks of, like, full. Um, But so he was with me. You know, we were just doing it together. And I've Mm -hmm. seen some people will, they'll, like, wait to take theirs after, you know, the mom comes back to work. Mm -hmm. Then, like, the dad Mm -hmm. will if you can do that. I have a friend that, that did that, but, um, yeah, he, he was with me and he didn't want to go back to work either. I bet. bet. Like it's hard both sides. And I feel like we don't give, you know, the men enough credit or, you know, for their emotions as well. Yeah. Um, because they can go through postpartum depression as well. It's like a diff. it's called, not called postpartum, but it's, you know, it's some, yeah. like they can also have uh they can also really struggle yeah they there's a lot less more. resources mm-hmm. i feel like for guys or like i don't know our generation is like so emotionally intelligent and aware and like mm-hmm. men, women are spearheading that and i feel like sometimes guys just get like lost in that there's not totally. as many as many resources but you know mm-hmm. what what i think actually i was thinking about this last night you know what show I think is really like spearheading emotional intelligence for men. What is what show? Ted Lasso? Oh, I yeah. love Ted Lasso. I love it so, so much, and I oh, are you guys watching? Like, are you watching? I'm, I'm like halfway through the last episode. Oh, you didn't finish it? Oh my god, that's. I know. I'm like. I, I was like so tired and then I went to bed and then I've just been so busy I kind of forgot about it but I need to need to finish it I just freak and I maybe I'm like I don't want to because yeah you don't want it to be over yeah I agreed yeah no spoilers for anybody else but yeah but I think it's... that that show the fact you can see 
the character development. They do mm-hmm. so they do so well at character development in that yeah. show. And I I was just thinking about how like all of the you know player like football players are all like comfortable in their masculinity and yeah. you know yeah. they have the like diamond dogs where they all like uh-huh. come together and talk about their feelings and talk about yes. women and stuff and i'm just like so this cute. just i feel like we are subliminally sending the men mm-hmm. of our generation and culture and whoever's watching the show like it, a hug that's like it's okay yeah. to like this is an example of what it looks like for men to be vulnerable and i just love it i absolutely i i didn't have haven't thought about that but it fully is it's the best <laughs> freaking show mm-hmm. oh it makes me so happy yeah like i yeah. feel like i mean all shows and like parts of culture like are are shooting like messages subliminal messages like you mm-hmm. said to mm-hmm. everybody who's watching and like for so long is always like men don't cry and like Mm -hmm. you know like or they're supposed to be the ones that the breadwinners or like all these certain stereotypes masculinity yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to undo that but it starts yeah it could start with something as simple as like a tv show you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it is i think that is changing in our generation it'll be interesting to see like what our kids are like yeah it really will be Oh, I hope I can raise them to be very emotionally intelligent. Um, yeah. I got to work on that for myself, though, too, you know. I mean, it's always I, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, I think that's also, they say this on Ted Lasso, I think that mm-hmm. they, it's, as long as you're working on yourself, you're, like, continuously working on yourself, then, sure. like, you're always going to be going in, in the right direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's... That's the best that you can do. If you're like, you know, aware that you want to work on your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. like make steps towards that. Yeah. yeah. You do what you can. Yeah. I agree. And Definitely. I feel like even just like sitting down and having conversations like this is yeah. part of it too. Like even just all the podcast guests that we've had and like mm-hmm. conversations that Emily and I have had together. I feel like we're constant. Like I've grown, I feel like through this Absolutely. podcast. So yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I think just communication, just like bouncing ideas off of people, Mm -hmm. that's how we're going to get out. You know, that's how we improve as Mm -hmm. a, you know, just in general. Like Mm -hmm. you just have to, you can't like keep all your thoughts and feelings to yourself because a lot of times you're wrong in like, you know, I feel like we can easily self-sabotage by like our our thoughts and like what we think about ourselves or like Mm -hmm. you know where we're at in life and like if you don't let that out and communicate with people and you like you'll never be exposed to new ideas and yeah you know new ways of thinking speaking of like emotions and stuff like did you experience any postpartum depression or um like how was it emotionally for you and how are you doing now I I mean the the change is something I've never experienced in my life before. Like the identity change, you're mm-hmm. no longer, you know, just you and you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. You lose a lot of your, you, you can because you're, you're a different, you're in a different body. It seems like everything looks different mm-hmm. and your hormones from a hormone level, you're, that's a roller coaster as you're recovering, you know, yeah, you're physically recovering and, and then you have this 
new baby and you're not sleeping and it can just really weigh, weigh down on people. I think that being a night nurse, I think that actually worked in my favor because I wasn't shocked at the exhaustion. I think I was obviously tired, but I wasn't, I, it wasn't debilitating. Like I think some people experience it to be. I have this picture. I'll have to send you guys show this picture of you that I took. It was like a selfie of me and my baby once. And I look dead. I literally <laughs> look dead. Like I, <laughs> I have never been so, I like think about that photo. Like, oh, <laughs> that was a rough time <laughs> of raising this child. I was just so tired. And I took this selfie. I'm going to send it to you guys after this because it's just funny. And we're not going to use it on social media. No, no, that no, is, no. That's not a, it's not a social, it's not, <laughs> it's not safe for new moms <laughs> to see that video. Oh my God. You want to post the real of. stuff, but maybe not that real. <laughs> not that real, yeah. But I don't know. I, I, I still like, you know, it's just for me and I love that photo, but it is, yeah, it's, it is hard. It's it's completely life-changing on so many different levels. And I felt really fortunate. I First of all, I think I, I was so aware of postpartum depression and anxiety that I – it was, like, in the back of my mind that I need to know how to identify and, like, you know, I was just constantly checking in with myself and making, you know, sure that I was okay. And I think – and I listened to some podcasts – um, while I was pregnant about the importance of sleep too. And the importance of, if you have a partner, if you're, you know, you're raising this child with someone like the importance of sleep for the mom and, um, kind of equally distributing mm -hmm. the, the, um, you know, workload <clears throat> and how it had such a profound effect on postpartum anxiety and, and sleep. Or and depression, there was this one study that they did. Uh, they, I'm off the top of my head, I can't remember um, what study, but it was a study where they took moms and they put them. Um, they, I think they were in the hospital for like three days. It was new moms, um, and the so they had to find childcare. You know, the the significant other had to take care of the baby for. X amount of time that they were in the hospital and they were trialing, I think they were trialing a medication for postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Um, and so the moms were in the hospital for maybe six, maybe six days. It was like a large chunk of time that they were away from their babies. Um, and, um, they found that there actually was not a huge difference between, the um, control group and the group with the medication. And they were th attributing it to the fact that the moms were actually sleeping, that they, mm. they were like coming back feeling really well rested and resilient and able to, to take care of their babies. And um, so I, that kind of stuck with me because I think the takeaway from that was that sleep is so important mm -hmm. in your ability to, to rejuvenate. Um, so I think, I think working nights 
did help in my favor because I wasn't, I was used to sleeping like five-ish hours, you know, or six hours during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would get that like early on. I mean, when the baby was up like every couple hours, I, I feel like I would sleep from like, you know, 11 p.m. to 10 a.m. And like I would just feed the baby and then we would go back to sleep because the baby was sleeping a lot too. So like I would end up getting like a decent amount of sleep, I think, overnight. Sleep when Um, the baby sleeps. Yeah, it was just like segmented. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like I had a lot of support. Like we had both of our sets of parents live in Virginia. So it like in the beginning, it was like a revolving door of of people and some of my best friends um, already have children. And so they had gone through it and some of them had more postpartum anxiety than others. And so they were like, you know, I felt very supported. And I think all of that, like in combination, I didn't see myself like really dip into like a dark place. Mm -hmm. And like my husband was um, so helpful and he still is like, you know, it's having a supportive partner is, Mm -hmm. is so, so important, um, to share, to distribute that work because I mean, sometimes they just don't go down and they don't want to sleep and, you know, you're just up like they're just uncomfortable or, you know, Val wanted to be upright all the time. She did not want to lay down. (laughs) Then like she had indigestion. And so you're just like, you know, holding this babe and hoping that they'll stop crying and you just have to you it's it helps so much to have people around you that will help yeah it sounds like you yeah you were like super prepared you did the educate like listening Mm -hmm. to podcasts and finding out information beforehand also having a nursing background having your partner having like all of your friends and family and stuff and it just makes me think about especially in the NICU too, like a lot of the families that we see, I'm like, I don't understand how they're going to be able to go home and take care of this kid or these kids if they have multiples sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's sad. It's and, hard. And even like, with all that help. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard baseline. I can't imagine yeah. tacking on like, you know, a chronic illness that this newborn is, has, or, you know, like coming coming home after being in the NICU for weeks or something. I I can't imagine Mm -hmm. the kind of like anxiety I probably would have felt from that. I can't either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've had parents ask me all the time about like, I'm going to have so much anxiety about like if they're just a preemie and they're having like a lot of Brady's and stuff like, a lot of mom I'll be like no like they really will outgrow this but it's so hard to tell that to someone because yeah. they're literally traumatized yeah and they're like should I get the yeah. like owlet monitor and I was like honestly no I don't think you should because you're gonna just drive yourself crazy yeah mm-hmm. I've, I've I've thought about that too and honestly I, I think if you have baseline anxiety you really need to be on the lookout for postpartum anxiety because like if you if your head is already spinning with like what ifs <laughs> Emily are you like I literally yeah I'm baseline like anxiety here so yeah yeah medical really anxiety be aware of it I'm gonna be that pregnant woman who thinks um there's something wrong like 24 7 oh my and, god yeah yeah be kind of 
I Hannah's a full hypochondriac. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hannah, you also know Nikki, like, you know, little newborn babes. I feel like, I don't know. I think you're going to surprise yourself. I think you're going to, you're going to be able to handle them really well. Yeah. I think the baby, the actual baby part will be fine. Like once it's out, but the, the, all the the pregnancy and the birth (laughs) is a little scary to me still, but (laughs) Yeah. But people do it. I guess you get through it. <laughs> Not just like literally all of us that are on the earth have had got have been birthed and been because born. of superhero <laughs> women. So, yes. You know, people do do it and it's crazy. It is. It is so amazing. I I have never felt more like a freaking superhero until yeah, I birthed that baby. Like what it's was your birth experience truly like? Incredible. Was it in the hospital? Yeah, it was in the hospital. I was with midwives. Um, oh, nice. And I I changed my birth plan actually a couple uh, a few months in, probably I think four months in. I I changed what I was doing. I was with OBs, and then um, I guess I had always kind of thought midwifery was really cool. I liked the philosophy of midwifery a little bit better than OBs because there is a difference there's you know I think midwifery keeps a lot of it's kind of a a more holistic but Mm -hmm. it's still very very clinical um at this in the same like I had my baby in the hospital I just had a midwifery team um but I think that there was more emphasis on the mom and how um you know powerful and, and I feel like it empowered there was more of a sense of empowerment, I guess, is what I'm where what I'm trying to say. Whereas I think in the OB, um, my OBs were very, you know, wanting to leave no stone unturned. They wanted to make sure that you know every test was done and to make sure that she came out safe and that we, you know, saw everything. But in doing that, I think sometimes we can over, we can look into too much and that leads to down a, you know, mm-hmm. rabbit hole of interventions that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily wanted to go through. And mm-hmm. so I think midwifery was, was a little more laid back, I think in, in that sense. Um, and I also had a doula, which I would recommend a doula to anybody. I, I, would I yeah I loved her she was also like a childbirth educator she like went through some um classes and so our childbirth class like our you go through like I don't know eight weeks or so of like what to expect during birth and and like information about how to take care of a newborn and stuff and you don't have to get that through your birth team you can get that anywhere but she she was a educator um so we got to know her over like 10 weeks and um I think it's she was a really good advocate for me and I think that sometimes like I don't know what I'm trying to say I feel like like birth to... is like medicalized so much or like they like we definitely yeah, we definitely over-medicalize birth, but I think that we don't, a lot of times you don't have an advocate. You don't like mm. have a patient. It, it's hard to, I've never had to advocate 
I advocate for myself, I guess. And so she was a good, she was a really good advocate for me and my husband. And, you know, like it was just somebody in the room that had done it before, I guess. Right. Which, I mean, I shouldn't say because literally everybody else other than me has done this before. (laughs) But But they're like not there specifically for you, right? Yeah. Like like she's there to support. Right. Everything that. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. To help to follow your birth plan as closely as possible. Obviously, we all know being nurses, like it's not always going to go 100% to plan. But, you know, I mean, you hear horror stories about some hospital births, like, mm-hmm. like with tears or like episiotomies or like C-sectioning when before, like trying different mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah. It's scary to kind of be at the mercy of, of other people. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have someone that's going to be like, you know, yeah, their whole job is to just look out for you and what you want. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think it was good to have, like, if I wasn't a nurse, I think it would have been even more um, helpful Mm -hmm. because, like, I kind of already knew how things were going to go. Like, we had prepared for this for, you know, nine months. Like, you know, I I felt confident in in that room. And, like, Mm -hmm. there were some times that, like, my IV went bad and, you know, I knew that I needed an IV, but she kind of perked up and was like – is it do we need an IV (laughs) and I was like that was really sweet of her to like try to say something like you know maybe we don't but like I definitely wanted one just like in case you know (laughs) yeah yeah. like I'm okay with like I I'm totally feel very empowered as a woman that I can do this you know without you know interventions but I wanted an IV for sure just in case something went went wrong like right you know I so but I so any essentially I went with midwives. Um I didn't really know what to expect. Like I kind of went in being like if I really want an epidural, I'm going to get it. You know, if I bore, but I'm going to see I I had it in my head that the more interventions I I do, it it kind of is a domino effect of things. Like you just have to be aware of of what may occur if you have certain interventions. So like with an epidural, your blood pressure drops. Um, so you're going to need fluids, you know, they'll, they'll give you like a liter of fluids before I think they give you the epidural generally, but like, you know, depending on where, where it is, it may or may not work or depending at at what time you get it, you know, so you might expect that all of your pain is going to be, you know, gone away and it didn't. And so, I just kind of I prepared myself to to not get medications, but I also like I had asked my doula before um, I gave birth. I was like, "Can you help me figure out the difference in the moment between pain and suffering? Because I don't want to suffer through this. Mm-hmm. I want I don't want to be traumatized from this experience. I want to like leave the hospital feeling." you know, like I'm okay and I'm, I can take care of this baby without like, you know, having to process this traumatic event that I just went Mm -hmm. through. So like, if I need medications, can you just like, you know, help figure that out with me? And she was like, absolutely. I'm, you know, this is what I'm here for. And I ended up getting nitrous oxide, which is like, uh, the laughing gas. Um, and I didn't end up getting the epidural, but it was a really fast birth. 
I, I had like, I was, it was like seven in the morning and I had woke up with like a little bit of like menstrual cramping and you mm-hmm. don't like, I don't, I didn't really know what to expect as far as like what cramp, what, what like contractions felt like. I thought it was going to be this like full body situation and it wasn't it just felt like very mild menstrual cramps Mm. the only way that I actually like figured out it was labor is because it was like going and coming like every five minutes or so so I was like okay then Mm. this must be what everybody's talking about (laughs) and then and then like over a period of hours like a couple hours it just started to get like a little more intense to the point where I was like kind of leaning on Matt or, you know, he was like rubbing my back. My doula had met us at our house before we went to the hospital. So we were just kind of like walking around the house and like listening to music. And I had like a heating pad around me. And and, like every time a contraction would come on, like I would just like lean on Matt. And it was a really sweet like, you know, time like being at home and and just kind of going through those motions. And then once we got to a point where I felt like they were both trying to like get me through a contraction, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like I, we, we need to go to the hospital. I just Mm -hmm. need to be where I'm Mm -hmm. need to be like where I'm going to have this baby. Um, and that was like at one, I think, uh, my water broke in the car. So I'm (laughs) really glad, really glad that we left when we did. Um, and then, yeah, we got up to the, and the poor people, like, so I, I had my baby at the same place that I work. Okay. And, um, you know, we got out of the car and Matt is like, my wife is in labor and I'm like, you know, soaking wet from like my legs and just like the welcome people outside were oh, freaking God. out. Oh, they were just like, oh my God, get her a wheelchair. I'm like, we're fine. <laughs> we're okay. But like, yes, please get me a wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, we went up there and, and the, I almost, they almost didn't admit me because I think I was four centimeters dilated and 80, 90% of face maybe. And normally four centimeters is like not that much. And so they were like going back and forth, but they were like, well, because you, but because your water broke, you know, like we'll admit you. And I had her like three hours later. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> For a first mom, first time. Like that's, I know that's we quick. were only in, we were only laboring for like, yeah, like two and a half hours. I would say she oh. was born at four thirty. And I was just going, I was going back and there was no time, there was just no time to get an epidural. There was no time. I had like all of this, like decorations we were going to put in my room. We had like none of that. We didn't do any of that. We like, (laughs) I thought it was going to get in a tub. No, none of that. We just, wow. (laughs) I was like leaning against the bed and, and like swaying back and forth for a lot of it. Cause it felt so much better to be up than it did to be on my back. Like I, sure. It just felt, I don't know, you just, in that moment, like when you're, when you don't have an epidural and you can move around and get into different positions, it felt so much better to be up than to be in bed. Wow. Good, yeah. good for you. I'm I'm so scared. It was, it was wild. <laughs> and then, not, so besides so, the nitrous, like fully natural. Yeah, that is so. That's incredible. Yeah. Badass. <laughs> that really was. Is. 
that I think all of that went really well. And then um, I lost a lot of blood. I had um, it seemed my midwife was like, okay, like it seems like we're we're bleeding more than we should. We should get you back to bed. And so uh, I got back to bed. It, I did tear. I had a stage two tear. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I had anticipated and and feared and dreaded beforehand. Yeah. yeah, you're going through so much. It's not like oh, there's a tear. Like you, there's just you're just. It's all happening at the same time. Like I didn't even relative to birth. I mean, like I didn't yeah. feel any interventions. Like when they were you know stitching up or or anything. Like yeah, it was a lot less. Un- overwhelming than I than I thought like a- yeah actual like physically tearing but Ugh. I did have a stage two tear and um and my placenta wouldn't come out and they had they want the placenta c- to come out I think normally within 30 minutes they had started okay. uh they had started Pitocin and it just wasn't coming and it had been almost an hour I think like 50 minutes and they were like okay this this we really need this to come out because it puts you at risk for hemorrhaging um if you have like a boggy uterus which sure i think you know so and then i looked at my iv my iv was infiltrated so i think the pitocin was just like going into like tissue it wasn't actually infusing so we found that so we ended up doing im pitocin but it still wasn't going and she was like, we could put in another IV and give you some pain medicine, but then I think we have to manually separate it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I was like, if I am at risk for hemorrhaging, I think that we just need to do it. And Holy I think, fuck. I think we just like, you know, it couldn't be worse than childbirth, like what I just went through. So, so we just she went in there and manually separated it from my uterus and then it came out and like with her hand. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have an epidural. So you probably felt all that. Honestly. I mean, it's all that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, I did, but it was all relative and you're in like such a adrenaline rush. Yeah. And it's so wild. I, I literally think like, you forget about the pain like almost immediately like that night I felt like I was yeah. forgetting what contractions felt like it's like your body is just was like <laughs> they're like oh nothing happened nothing happened it's fine you have this oh. new baby like <laughs> yeah life is perfect is yeah good. you're like you're good don't don't oh think about all that that you just went through <laughs> yeah yeah your body goes through some some sort of like protective amnesia so yeah. that you'll want to have another baby. Yeah, I was gonna that's say that's honestly, why you have more. It's that's yeah. what I thought. I thought it was like a natural like way of your body like wanting to have more children as they just yes. like it just forgets about all of it. Mm. So wow. I would say I mean my birth was not without complication, but sure. my outlook and perspective I think really helped me prevent like, you know, I, I don't dwell on it. I don't like, you know, I don't think about that when I think about the childbirth. I think about how empowered I felt and how like my team and my husband were, you know, amazing. And I felt really, I felt like a superhero. Yeah. And I you think. You are a superhero. Oh, yeah, seriously. 
it it was truly it opened my eyes to how incredible women are i mean Mm -hmm. i just felt it yeah it's it was an incredible experience and like he's mentioned too just with being a nurse having the background knowledge of of like things happen like like you could have bled out like yeah kind of knew a background about this stuff so you could at least feel empowered to make decisions and and like you said not let it ruin your experience because you were kind of prepared for yeah different um you know different ways that it could go yeah I think I went in knowing that it was not going to go the way that I planned that it was going to go Mm -hmm. like you just can't you just you don't know what's going to go in but I tried to be in control of what I could control, I guess, you know, like let go of the things that you can't, like, I can't control that my placenta is not coming out, but I can control like, you know, what medications we use and how we're going to do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. and the communication between your provider too, is super important, you know, making a birth plan, not a super long birth plan, but you know, just like mm-hmm. bullet points of, of like what to hit when you're yep. in there. So that, that, that can be, you know, on their radar, but all of that, you, you like learn all of that when you're going through with pregnancy and everything. Mm -hmm. Like they, they preach that like communication between your providers and, but yeah, I would say deaf. I loved my doula. If anybody has a takeaway from that whole story, (laughs) I know I didn't really talk about my doula, but I loved her so much and I will definitely use her again. And I bet she was a great advocate on the podcast yeah and talk and learn about that um i think it's interesting like uh, a birth doula but also i think postpartum doulas too yeah just pretty interesting Mm -hmm. and helpful yeah yeah i i we almost used a postpartum doula um and but we didn't end up because we ended up having so much support already we ended up like not needing it but yeah somebody to come in and just help you they're there for you and you know they're there for the baby as well but they're like Mm -hmm. good educators and you know they help you with I think breastfeeding too figuring all Mm -hmm. of that out and yeah yeah Yeah, so helpful or even just like I'll take the baby while you go take a shower you Mm -hmm. take or you go and nap or Mm -hmm. or like I'll fold your clothes like someone who's just yeah like a a support system Mm -hmm. Um, definitely so that's really nice yeah I am wondering too, I know we kind of talked briefly talked about your first shift back. Um, in the past, like, you know, I've worked with my coworkers who have come back their first day off maternity leave and it's like a very emotional thing for them. Like how, how was that for you? Like we, I remember I've a couple of them just like started crying like right before the shift and like, Aww. we'd be like, welcome back. And they were just like, I miss my baby. And so I just <laughs> was wondering how that was for you. It, I, I did tear up. I remember as I was leaving and my husband and the baby were like waving at me from the Aww. window and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I want to do this. But, um, the first shift back, it was a lot of like looking at baby pictures and everybody is so um, surprised at how small you are because the last time they saw you, you were like a freaking <laughs> elephant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I remember my manager said that. She was like, you're so tiny. I was like, 
Oh, thank you. I'm 20 pounds heavier than what I was before I was pregnant, but thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was a lot of that. And then I, I had a whole pumping fiasco because you have to, I have, you know, breastfeed. So I brought my pump and I brought the bottles and I didn't know how I was going to, I brought my I have an electric like hands-free pump Mm -hmm. that in my head I thought like, okay, I'm just going to like put these freaking massive chicken cutlets in my bra and just chart (laughs) like while I'm, and I'm going to pump every two hours and like, I'm not going to, my goal was to, for my milk supply to not dry up because that was something that I was really worried about going back to work. Um, I had heard that from so many people that like your milk starts drying up once you start going to work so I was like nope that's not gonna happen to me I'm gonna you know have this electric pump and whatever well it looks crazy first of all you look like Dolly Parton this like and I was like I'm not gonna I was just I couldn't I couldn't have it on charting like in the middle of the nursing station I just had too much (laughs) I didn't want people like talking about it and it just looked so weird and so I had my other pump with me um, with, like, the, like, tubes and everything. And that one you definitely can't use, like, at the nursing station. You just, mm-hmm. I mean, or, you You're know, no- if you feel empowered to do that, absolutely, like, go for it, girl. That's, <laughs> I. But, like, your nipples are literally sucked into <laughs> the, like, <laughs> But, like, come at me, HR. I'm trying to, like, feed my baby and work at the same time. So... But, um, so yeah, I, I went into this room, I was trying to find the lactation room in the hospital and I finally found it. And then I sat down and I had everything, I hooked everything up and then I pressed the on button and it's not turning on. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and I forgot the charger to this oh, no. pump and I'm already, I'm already like, you know, okay, I have, you know, 30 minutes or so. I don't want to leave my patients for too long. You know, people mm-hmm. are watching my my people and not turning on. I don't have the charger. Matt is at home because the baby's asleep, so he can't drive to the hospital to – and it's, like, 11 o'clock at night or, like, 10 oh at night. So, like, my friends can't, you know, drive it to me either. And and then I'm <laughs> – so then I try my, my chicken cutlet one. and that one's not working because that one is it can be hit or miss it's finicky because you can't actually see your nipple in it you have to like just guess (laughs) because it's like you it's opaque on the outside so you can't like visualize things so i had them on and then like five minutes go by and i take it off and there's nothing in there and i'm like engorged and i'm like what is oh my god having i'm about to have a panic attack yeah and i was calling matt and he was like why don't you go up to mother baby yeah and so i was like well so i called mother baby and i was like do you have a pump that i can use and they were like yeah we have pumps that you know we rent out to the rest of the hospital patients that need to breastfeed that are in the hospital so i went up to mother baby i got one of their pumps (laughs) i like had to lug it back to this lactation room i think it was gone for like an more than an hour (laughs) you're like sorry (laughs) and and like they only had it was a completely different pump so i didn't know what i was doing and 
I had to figure that out. And the bottles were like these little two ounce bottles because they normally are for women that the just colostrum. had, yes, <laughs> yeah, had just birthed. And I need, so I just had like six of these two ounce bottles, <laughs> like filling up. So that was, and then I was like, okay, lesson learned. I will bring my charger. I actually got that pump was gifted to me so i had never used my insurance for a pump so i bought a second pump and so now i keep a pump at work and then i just bring the bottles home nice yeah smart so so much better but oh my god it was so stressful i was like i'm like stressed for you like the thought i oh my gosh and you're like looking at the clock like fuck it's been yeah because you're like my patients but then of course the nurse who was watching them i'm sure was yeah i mean they were super understanding but the charge nurse was an angel that night what happened Yeah. Well, we have we have Viseras, and so like they're like walkie talkies that are clipped mm-hmm. on. And I was like telling her all about it, and I was like, "This is what happened." She's like, "Okay, it's fine. Your people are fine. We're good. You know, good. So, uh, that's good." I I know one of my I wasn't there for this, but one of my coworkers has the like hands free pumps, mm-hmm. and she would like go to deliveries and like whatnot, and then they keep like with. Well, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like she's like, wow. she was like, she looked ridiculous. Like it literally looked like Dolly Parton, but yeah. she would go. And I think hey. maybe like you could definitely do that in the NICU. Like no one would care. And yeah. she worked nights too. Um, so I just feel like, I don't know if I do that in the middle of the day, but um, being in the NICU, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're, we see people pumping like 24 seven. You just have but... to be unapologetic about it. Like this is my, right. this is what's going on. This is my baby. Like I need to feed her. So I am going to do this. And I'm sure yeah. after the novelty of it passes, like then it's just something that you have to do, you know? Yeah. But 100%. I will say I have not lost my milk supply at all. That's great. And That's I great. pump twice a shift. I pump it cool. like 10 p.m. I try to okay. feed her like between 5:30 and 6 um before I leave and then okay. um and then she starts like bath at 6:30 so and then my husband gives her a bottle like right before she goes down but I try mm-hmm. to feed her and try to empty like right before work and then I pump between 10 and 11 and then I try to pump again between like 3 and 4 and then I'm home by 8 8 15 in the yeah. morning um and so then she wakes up and i can see her you know when, when she wakes up and Aww. she didn't even know i was gone um, yeah i love it so cute i think that's that sounds cute. perfect that's Schedule one of the wise. best things yeah i think that's the best thing about working nights is that i can see her every day you know like i yeah. i was trying to i think that's one of the biggest things about a work-life balance is uh i found a schedule that works for me and it's not days it's nights but Mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't see her for three days if i worked days right you know she's already asleep she's not going to be awake when you get up in the morning to go to work yeah and then you know i see her like i sleep from i try to go to bed at nine and then i wake up around three okay and then we have a nanny that comes in three days a week, and okay. she normally – I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights because that's a schedule that my manager was – I went to my manager. I was like, I I would – I need some type of routine. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, what is available to me? And, like, I had – That's to, great. Yeah, I had that to they... make my weekend commitment, 
And so weekends for us are Fridays and Saturday nights or Saturday, Sunday days. So I end up working every Friday night, but it's still, I'm fine with that because, you know, I can tell the nanny that I'm, you know, I can give her a set schedule. She comes Mm -hmm. in from nine to one on Wednesdays. And so I had like slept all the night before and then I sleep until one and then I'm up and then... She works from nine to three Thursdays and Fridays. Oh, that's perfect. So yeah, yeah. and then your husband's off, obviously, on the weekend, um, and then can do and Saturday you can all while be you're together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that works out. is awesome that they were able to give you like a consistent days a consistent days a week to work because I feel like that is far and few between. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. I mean, I yeah. I think that's the first that's the first part of the it though like finding a work life balance you have to just let people know what your situation is you know mm-hmm. and like leave it up to the manager to obviously they have to keep things equal you know they have to be fair mm-hmm. to you know the rest of their staff like they can't just like give out days to all mm-hmm. day shifts you know to everybody and like mm-hmm. you have to work your weekends but like you know just letting them know what your situation is, I think is only going to help you. Cause I actually, sure. in my, nobody, um, before me, I didn't have a model of, of any nurses going back full time. Nobody in my unit, um, after they've had a baby, they, they either went per diem or part time or they left for a job that, you know, they could put their babies in childcare and like that mm-hmm. would work. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, f- figure out what was going to be what was going to work for us. So that, that has, you know, I let my manager know that I actually asked for a routine while I was pregnant and we put me on that schedule. While I was pregnant. Cause like you need so many different like checkups mm-hmm. and OB appointments. And then it goes down to like every week. And it was just easier if I had a lot going on when I was pregnant and it was just a lot easier to like have a routine. routine. And so now I can do podcast stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays and it just is. That's that's so nice. It's so much better. routine is like changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it really, really is. Yeah. I think back to like when, yeah, when I was working nights or in the hospital and you just, you're flip-flopping all the time. There's no consistency. There's nothing. And you just like don't feel well yeah and yeah. you're I feel like I was a shell of myself for years and yeah. then finally you know being I'm Monday through Friday Monday through Thursday like that's what I work I have Friday Saturday Sunday off every single week you know it mm-hmm. just like yeah it's changed everything yeah for me yeah you feel so healthier. imagine with being able to, yeah being able to do that with your child as well like in the in the picture yeah, and if Great. you're going to be doing night shift, I feel like that's the that's a good way to do it. At least they're in a row. It's always yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, you get to see her every day. Yeah. And, and you don't miss stuff because when you're at work, she's sleeping. I know. So yeah. you're really not, you're not like missing milestones, yeah. really. Yeah. I honestly, I, I think that it's better for us right now than a than a nine to five because like yeah. we're both in the house we're both you know available to the nanny if she if anything were to happen like we're both home you know matt works remote yeah. so yeah it's been working it's a perfect setup i love that 
Yeah, it works, you know, and for some people, like, they just cannot do nights and and Mm -hmm. that's totally fair. Like, it's just a matter of, you know, trying different things. I thought about doing evenings, too, at some point. I Mm -hmm. thought maybe I could do, you know, 3 to 11, like, 5, 3 to 11 shifts or or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I thought about so many different different schedules. Mm-hmm. I was like looking at a PACU position that was like 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. I was like, maybe I could do that. Like, I don't know. I would have yeah. been really, that would have been super early, but. Yeah. So <laughs> early. Yeah. I, I mean, granted, I get up at, I get up at 5 because I have to be at work at 5.45 on surgery day. It's so early. it's, it's early, but you get used to it though. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, if you have a set, if you have a routine and like mm-hmm. you do it enough and it just becomes your regular work day, just like 12 hour shifts yeah. just become your regular, you know, they don't yeah. seem like you adjust. Yeah. You adjust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you watched the show Working Moms on Netflix? No, I haven't. Emily was telling me about it and I've only watched a couple episodes and it's just Freaking like a silly, it. like 30 minute, right? It's 30 minutes. They're like, right? yeah, they're like 22 minute episodes. Yeah. Like they're like so quick. Yes. Wait, I think I've seen it. I've never watched it, but it's hilarious. Really? It's really funny. Okay. Yeah. But it made me sad a little bit because it's, I mean, it's just about like this group of mom friends or whatever and they like all have returned to work and it's kind of just like, it's really re- like very real. Like, you know. Yeah. You're pumping at work and then you sp- you're spilling the breast milk all over your sheets and you're just like, and you can feel the anxiety and like, you're trying to like, oh. like manage everything. And then they were making me so sad though. Cause like the one mom like got a video of her kid talking or something and she was like, I'm like missing this stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's kind of cool that you're like, you're still working full time, but yeah, you're, you're there. Like, yeah, that's like, I would never, I just, I always said like, I want to be a stay at home mom, but you don't know like how it's going to work out financially. Like, obviously not everybody can do that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I that's cool that you've found something that works for you. Yeah. And I kind of like being that resource now for the other, you know, nurses that are expecting or going through it. You know, now I'm yeah. an example of the fact that it can be done, you know, that you right. don't have yeah. to, you don't have to change jobs if you are coming back full time. Like, yeah, you can make it work. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of like letting you know, management know what your situation is and if they can, you know, they don't know to help you if you don't, you know, communicate your needs. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's Absolutely. great advice. Mm-hmm. It really is. And hopefully you have, you know, management that's receptive to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I, I think, feel like more so you do. Yeah. You, I think you need to go in like, letting them know what you need and then allowing them to come back to you with mm-hmm. what they can provide, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like, like negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't be like, I refuse to work nights, you know, then that's going to be a harder conversation. Then I just yeah. need continuity in my life because mm-hmm. I am like, you know, I'm going to leave the bedside <laughs> if I don't right. get yeah. this continuity. Like, you know, that I think that that's easier. Like there's more wiggle room to work with people instead of like, you know, being rigid. Right. Yep. Be, be a little bit flexible mm-hmm. and figure something out that works for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember on one of your podcast episodes about 
uh, you were talking about kind of all, all of this, you talked a little bit about, um, like how nursing has helped you, um, to become a mom. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> what was on that episode? Um, dealing with poop. I remember dealing <laughs> yeah. with poop was definitely one of yeah. them. I feel like it doesn't phase yeah. me at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas so my husband has the worst time <laughs> with gagging. poop. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's this one video that I was lit. I watch this video way too much. I just think it's hilarious. But my husband is like absolutely <laughs> gagging and losing his mind oh, <laughs> as, when she was a newborn <laughs> because of it. And it's just like, I don't know. I just like yeah we deal with poop and uh-huh. we deal with chaos all the time and mm-hmm. so i think being also like in my delivery i think working in a being the calm in a chaotic environment i think i was used to that and so that i mm-hmm. think that definitely helped me in my delivery um yeah and yeah i don't know, being and yeah working nights for sure like yeah. help yeah. like with sleep deprivation that that was a big thing and we're just we're just nurturers i think that it just comes a lot easier to us i think like you know you're put into this like serving role and we're kind of used to that as nurses and so it just seems yeah. seems a little more organic yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're used to giving so much of ourselves and it's like yeah for yeah. better or worse it's another thing yeah yeah like, this is just another day <laughs> yeah. day in life yeah whereas like who else you know, am i putting people... above myself this baby exactly. now well, i know how to do Where... this so <laughs> whereas like yeah if your partner is not you know in the medical field and yeah just can be different they're used to doing things when they want to i feel like my <laughs> my fiance has a very like chill schedule and he's just like do 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 like all the time and i'm like that's you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're structured. You're a lot more structured. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about other work-life balance things because we were gonna, you know, talk a lot about. We've talked a lot about work-life balance, and mm-hmm. one of the things I thought of was use your PTO. Like, don't sit on PTO. Like, use it and mm-hmm. make yeah. sure, like, you know, unless you're saving it for like cash out or something, like. I think that's so important yeah. to like take you know, days off, yeah, go on vacations, yeah, just yeah. reset, like have a staycation at home, even if you if you want mm-hmm. to. Like I took off, I just took off a week of work and just felt really like I got projects done in the house, and mm-hmm. you know, I I did podcast stuff, and you know, I was like, this is so needed. I like need to make this a habit of like doing this once True. a year or something. Just like yeah, take a week off and like just reset yeah and also having time for yourself too like even just like how you did nurse con like i think that's really cool even though it was hard to be away from her yeah i think it's important to have be someone other than mom yeah to keep your who you are yeah Um, i think because a lot of times moms just become mom because they're so focused on their new baby and and that becomes their whole world but yeah yeah you definitely lose yourself at first and then you find them again and you know but it it is a a matter of yeah like nurse con and and going out and you know relaxing and and being with yourself and remembering who you were that's that is totally important but also I think 
you know, incorporating those things in your everyday, in your normal day, instead of just, Mm -hmm. you know, going away for a week and feeling like you can be that person for a week, like trying to, and I have problems with this. I can say this, but I haven't, don't do it, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, going on walks or like going, get your nails done or just going out, getting drinks. I've, I've went out and got drinks with other moms you know, a couple times and I've loved Mm -hmm. it and I feel like I'm back in my skin that I'm, you know, not Mm -hmm. just, I'm, I'm more than just this new entity. Like I'm not just a mom. I have, you know, I remember, I have a personality. (laughs) Like I remember what it's like to be a person and, you know, it's so important I think to incorporate that in your normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having definitely. Yeah. Yeah, things to remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a great episode. I'm gonna have I to know. listen definitely back to list. it. I definitely if I ever will. have a kid, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yes, I definitely will listen back because yeah, it's just such a transition, and it really is really good tips. But I think mm-hmm. as nurses, I, I said this in my my episode. I think yeah, nurses we get a knack for being moms. I think we mm-hmm. have a leg up in that way more so than other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I would bet you guys will have an easier time with it because of your, you know, yeah, history and this service industry. Yeah. 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 Just little knowledge of, uh, like babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead of going yeah, into right. it. Yeah. Like... I forgot that you worked in NICU too. Yeah. You're, yeah. You will definitely, you guys will be fine. Yeah. yeah. And we're now used the to the toddler like... stage. That scares me. Yeah. <laughs> Anything past babies, I'm like, okay. Yeah. This is a lot. Um, you're, you're on the move. That scares me. You're, you're making faces at me. I'm used to just a blank stare, a little <laughs> squishy jelly bag. Like, it's so amazing, like, like the different milestones, though, like once they become more aware and they're looking at you and they yeah. recognize you and yeah, so it's, and they're smiling. And, yeah. yeah it's so sweet. It's just so amazing to watch them figure things out for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. so cool. and it goes really fast. I'm sure you already feel that way, but it's just it's crazy how like they go from just a blob to a whole they have a personality and yeah they're they're figuring things out yeah it's it's really cool they actually the other day we're so she's six months now so we're introducing foods and we're doing this thing called solid starts which is like giving them i think it was created by speech language pathologists but um it's kind of this new way of introducing foods um you're introducing actual solids as opposed to all you know Uh, like pureed foods um, because it increases their um, it decreases the rates of choking because they like they learn what is enough you know what's what's too much and like Mm -hmm. they're as they're creating as they're like improving their dexterity and things and motor functions they've they've been able to like you know grow up like putting these different things in their mouth and so it's a method of like how do you do this safely um and uh what else was i gonna say about it oh it also makes them a better eater because you're introducing them to just this like wide variety of of different things and different textures and yeah so 
So I'm following this thing where it's like the first 100 days of of introducing solids. And they're like big pieces of things, like half a bell pepper, you know, you're giving to them. So it's not like, you know, it's no, no small, you know, like blueberries or, or something, anything that could like go down, like, you know, okay. you reduce the risk of choking. Anyway, long-winded story. So I was, I think she was eating um, cauliflower and hummus. And the <laughs> other day she was just like, grabbing it and just putting it in her mouth and my husband started tearing up he's like she's just like a little mini human and she's like oh. eating food and she's like putting it in her mouth and it's so cute <laughs> it's just like amazing wow. to see what they can do yeah. and you're just wow. i'm constantly amazed by her it's it's such a fun oh. it's such a fun stage and i have to i have to really you know, remember to be in the moment and be present because it's so, it changes so fast. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> sad. It's so fun all at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's like, precious. It's so it really cute. is. Yes. Oh. I'm excited oh. for you guys whenever, whenever it sounds like you both want to have kids. So, yeah. yes. I do. Yeah. We'll see. When Dan's ready, I don't know. If you'll, you're never ready, so yeah. we're just gonna, yeah. I think Matt and I, Matt and I, had a couple years of marriage before we, before we, yeah. had a kid. It was like you know, it was never gonna be just us for the rest of our yeah. lives, you know. So yeah. I know I'm like, well, I'm 31, so mm-hmm. can't wait too long, um, but. <laughs> We've like we've been together for five years yeah. and lived together for four essentially. So we're yeah. like we've gotten a Ready. lot of time in just with us, and then mm-hmm. like with us and a dog, and mm-hmm. you know we still have probably another year, year and a half before we start trying it all. But still, yeah, I just don't want to be. Now I know too much about being too. Like getting yeah, older, a geriatric like... pregnancy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to avoid that, but yeah, yeah, I would do it. I mean, if I didn't have our plans for our honeymoon next year, like I, yeah. would be, I would, I want a baby now. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does not. So <laughs> he's like, he's like, no. Can we like six, seven years? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Like, yeah, absolutely not. Oh yeah, my gosh. Like, your sperm will be fine, but we don't know about my situation. So, yeah, right. right. Oh my gosh. Aww. It's ridiculous. But, well, enjoy the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a super exactly. exciting time. Yeah. Wedding Just time. Living in the moment as yeah. much as possible. Mm-hmm. But, oh, this well, is thank so good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. This is an awesome I love this. I love you. Bring me back whenever. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I love to chat. This is a great trio. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. This is so fun. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Come up with all these different topics. I know. Yeah. We could definitely uh, podcast collab. <laughs> yes. I, yes. Right. Um, plug your Instagrams. Let everybody know like where they can find. Yeah, you, you can find me at Nurse Mags with two S's. I have a whopping like a hundred followers because I'm like Woo-woo. still creating this Instagram account. But that's where you can find <laughs> me in my life. And then, um, Nursing Uncharted is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We have a YouTube channel. Um, we're on Audible. So any 
platforms that you normally listen to podcasts. That's where we are, Nursing Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Cool. Go check her out, Perfect. Guys. Definitely great episodes. Yes. Yes. Thank you guys yeah. so much for having right. me. This is so fun. Thank you. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. bye, guys. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.